So I want to kind of hit up a little bit, not not to completely revisit the the game on Sunday because now we're all already close to Thursday's game against the, the Lions. But the thing, couple things I wanted to 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 get your thoughts on, your opinions on, and, and kind of talk about here a little bit. Are you? Do you think? Do you believe that you are starting to see some growth? You're starting to see some growth with this Packers with the youngsters on this Packers team and kind of maybe specifically the offensive side of things, you do have a couple of maybe younger defensive players out there too. Maybe a Carrington Valentine and, and such. Lucas Van Ness. But I think we're kind of maybe the majority really focused on this this younger offense, the, the younger playmakers on this offensive team. So do you think, and I'll throw Jordan Love into this too, but do you think we are starting to see some growth with this offense and do you have a player or maybe it's a couple players that have really kind of stood out to you or you're like you know what I gotta tip my cap to to them because I'm starting to see some positives I'm starting to see some things I personally really like and I think that guy might be a, a pretty darn good player who is that player, or who are those uh, those couple players over there? Let me know, all right? Let me know. Me personally, now, because I was watching this game from my tree stand on mute, thank you to, to the reception, I was able to watch it on my phone uh, while sitting out in the elements and such, so I was able to to partake in that but let's just let's let's first things first let's call it green bay did get a little lucky on some plays right but hey sometimes you need a little luck right yeah it's, it happens in games and sports all the time you know chargers drop some balls especially at the end there keenan allen dropping that one to sun uh, affecting his vision right there on the goal line Got the fumble on the goal line uh, from the Chargers and such. So, yes, I realize there was a little luck involved in this. But I am a believer that a lot of times in sports, you'd still need a little luck. Sometimes you just need the ball uh, to to roll the right way for you. And I think Green Bay, well, they got that. (laughs) You know, they got that. Maybe even a little bit on uh, the pass interference call uh, that benefited them towards the end of the game and such. But... Nonetheless, you don't apologize for W's, right? But I, I'm a believer that I do think we are seeing some growth for, from some of these younger players, from some of these uh, youngsters out there, specifically on the offensive side. That's kind of where I want to focus on is is the offensive side of things here because I do think we are seeing that growth from some of these from some of these guys wide receivers we know has been you know in just incredibly um young the most experienced guys is Romeo and and Christian Watson heading into their second years right we, we know that but I look at a guy like Jaden Reed, and Jaden Reed was a guy that before the season started, I'm like, you know, 
I'm really excited to see this kid. I'm really excited to see what what he can bring to the table. A lot of fans, and rightfully so, and still so, were focused on like Luke Musgrave and some of the rookie tight ends, and to see okay those rookie guys. I'm really excited to see them in the offense and such. And and for me, I was like, I want to see Jane Reed. Is he kind of like a chess piece? Is he a guy that you can use different parts? Because if you remember. Michigan State, you know, he, he going through the draft process, he was always kind of labeled as a slot guy. And you look at his physical traits, you look at his height, you look at his weight, sub six foot and such, and it's like a prototypical slot receiver in the NFL based off physical traits. But if you remember watching Michigan State, you know, he spent a lot of time playing outside. So I thought he was a guy that, okay, you can play outside, you can play inside, you can line him up in the backfield, put him in motion, do some jet sweeps and all that. And that Chargers game on Sunday, I think we got to see a glimpse of what type of player Jaden Reed can be within this offense, kind of that that chess piece. Got the rushing touchdown. Hell, led the team in rushing for crying out loud. <laughs> 46 yards rushing on three carries, 32 coming on the one touchdown run. But you saw him, They you saw Green Bay utilizing him in that way. 46 yards on, on the receiving department. We've seen him mostly, you know, making plays through the air in passing situations. But I think you saw a glimpse of what. Now, I'm not going to say that this guy is going to be a future all-pro great wide receiver because he's still a rookie and such. But you saw a glimpse of what I wanted to see from Reed or what I was hoping to see from Jaden Reed this year. A guy that you can utilize in different aspects within the offense. You know, we we compare the style of offense, or we want to see the style of offense emulate, you know, like the 49ers and such. That's 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 the comparison that gets thrown out there. And not saying he's at this level, but that's where you got like a guy like a Debo Samuel. You know, he's a guy that will line up in the backfield. Sometimes he doesn't like it, if you remember a couple years ago. But he's a guy that they move all across the, the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of things. Not saying Jane Reed's going to be a Debo Samuel. I mean, he's Debo Samuel's a big receiver too. But that's what I think this offense needs, is a guy that you can utilize in different spots. And we, we got a glimpse of that for, from Reed. And there's a lot of things to be excited about Jaden Reed so far this year. And you just hope, you just hope he continues to to get better, to grow, to be consistent. And you hope, too, that the offensive side of things, the play callers and Matt LaFleur, continue to find ways to give him the ball. Getting the ball into your playmaker's hands, right? Getting the ball in your playmaker's hands. And then this other rookie wide receiver, Dontavian Wicks, led the team in receiving on Sunday. Three catches, 91 yards. Longest was was a 35. But you kind of look at the last couple, last few weeks, and you've you've seen him become kind of a, a nice, maybe not quite to a go-to target, but maybe you could throw that out there, but a nice option, a reliable option for for Jordan Love. Go back to the Rams game, four targets, four catches, 49. Steelers, four targets, three catches, 51. 
Three catches, 91 in this game against the Chargers. You're seeing growth from a rookie wide receiver in Dontavian Wicks. You look at all these numbers from, from these receivers, and nothing's going to jump out to you. Nothing's going to be like, wow. Nobody's going to win an offensive rookie of the year. They're not putting up you know, numbers we've been kind of accustomed to over the years with, with Devontae or Jordy Nelson and such. But you're, I believe you're, you're starting to see a little bit of growth. Maybe it's taken a little bit longer for a lot of fans to see at this point in time. But I think you're starting to see it. And Dottavian Wicks is one of them, too. He's one of them, too. And then Luke Musgrave. The guy, probably the, I would say, the, the, the rookie that a majority of Packers fans were very excited to see this year. Second-round pick. Coming in, big tight end, six 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 seven. You heard a lot of his teammates talk about his speed in training camp, in preseason. You know, earlier in the season we saw Jordan Love miss him on a couple plays again on on Sunday and such. But we're, we're we're we see glimpses of that. We see glimpses of what he can be a mismatch for a lot of. Uh, for for a lot of teams, utilizing that speed and that height, and you look at rookie tight ends. I know we it's been beaten to death over the years, but you look at rookie tight ends. Very rarely do you see you know like 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 for instance the the Travis Kelseys or the George Kittles of the world and such. They didn't necessarily light it up in their rookie seasons. Some tight ends go out there and light it up in their rookie. I don't want to say every single tight end, you know, that doesn't come in the league and, and light it up right away. But tight ends have historically kind of been one of those that eh, might take a little bit, give, give them a year under their belt in the NFL, and then see what they do in year one or year two, year three, you know, that sort of thing. But I think there's been some nice things to see from from Luke Musgrave, and you just hope, you know, he continues to go out there and and get better. You know, George Kittle, I, just because I have his numbers up, his rookie year he played 15 games, 515 receiving yards. Luke Musgrave right now, 341. Again, that's not to say that. He's going to be a George Kittle or Travis Kelsey or anything like that. But I think if we rewind it from a few weeks ago when we were talking about what do you want to see when 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 it was looking pretty dull, you know, after a loss to Denver for crying out loud, it was looking bad, right? And it's like, okay, what do you what are you paying attention to? What are you going to be watching for the rest of the season? And a lot of you, and I was one of them too. I just want to see growth. I just want to see growth from from these from these younger players, especially on the offensive side. I think we're seeing that. I really do. You know, Christian Watson, for the most part, has had a down year, right? I think we would all agree with that. Got a touchdown uh, on Sunday, I'm sure. He felt great about that. But you probably want to see him be a little bit more active than, you know, just two catches for, for 21 yards. You know, four targets. You hope that this is just kind of that sophomore Bump in the wall sort of stuff. Romeo goes out there, catches another touchdown, seven of the year, seven touchdowns of the year. 
think you're seeing some of that with these guys. And then Love, right? That's that's the big one. We want to know if Jordan Love is going to be, you know, the starter going forward for, for the foreseeable future. And I think right now that we, we, we know that answer already. He's going to be a starter next year. He's going to be the starter next year unless something incredibly awful happens in these last, what do we got, seven games? Unless something is just really, really bad and Green Bay like loses, let's say, these next seven and they're in a position to maybe draft a quarterback, then maybe. But right now, I think you're starting to see maybe a little bit more comfortable Jordan Love. I'm not I don't know if the game has necessarily, you know, that phrase where it's slowed down for for them. You know, we've heard Brett talk about it. I've 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 quoted when when Brett said it to to Mike Holmgren. I think Mike Holmgren talked about that story in Brett's Packers Hall of Fame, you know, induction where Favre came up to him on the bus or the team playing and and you know, as he said, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but I finally I'm understanding it, and that's when things start to slow down. I think Love is maybe getting a little bit more comfortable. He's not perfect. He's got some stuff to work on still. Deep ball, that sort of stuff. We know that. Accuracy, we know that. We know that. They know that. He knows that. But I think, I truly believe, we're seeing some good glimpses. We're seeing some solid glimpses. We don't know if he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. But I think in terms of the immediate future, pretty comfortable in saying he's going to be the starter next year going into next year at this point in time. And I think you're, you you just want to see him continue to stack success. He's nominated for a FedEx Air Player of, of the Week this week. Probably not going to win it because of what Brock Purdy did over the weekend. This was, I think, one of those nuggets that just kind of was like, huh? What, first time the Packers have had a 300-yard passer since 21, December of 2021, was it? Think about that. That was with Aaron Rodgers last year. But you're starting to see, I think, some some glimpses of, of Jordan Love. The biggest thing is just can he continue to build off his success? Can he continue to be consistent, continue to grow. You know, in this in this game against the Chargers, 322, two touchdowns, quarterback rating of a 108.5, 67.5% completion percentage. One of the bugaboos definitely for, for Jordan Love. It was in that Steelers game the week prior. We saw it in the Raiders game, a couple other games, Minnesota. Fourth quarter, right? Packers were down. How many of you, you don't have to tell me, you don't have to be honest, but when the Chargers went up in that game, 20, uh, is it uh, 2016? 20 to 16? How many of you thought, all right, game's done? Packers made it close. You know, got it close. They, they, held, they held the Chargers offense down a little bit. They got a little luck, but hey, they, they were close. Kind of like a lot of the games this year. I don't know if you thought, okay, 
they're not going to get a, another touchdown here. And they got, and yeah, they got a pass interference call to help them out. Zach Tom jumping on that that fumble to to keep the drive alive. But you got to give credit to where credits do. Nice throw to to Dobbs in the end zone there to get that touchdown. We're we're seeing a little bit of growth. He's becoming, I believe, a little bit more consistent. Not perfect, not great yet, but we're starting to see elements of that. And I believe too, in these last few weeks, we're we're, we're seeing a little bit more, maybe of an open playbook. I feel like Matt Lafleur is, and I could be completely wrong on here, but from the outside looking in, it looked like the beginning part of the season, the first few weeks of the season, first half of the season, you kind of wondered, okay, that playbook seems really small. Are they kind of handcuffing guys here a little bit? Or it lacked some imagination. It lacked some creativity. And I feel like in these last couple weeks, we've seen that open up a little bit more. We've seen a little bit more creativity. So I got to give a little credit to, to Lafleur in that aspect too. I don't even know if I want to go down the Joe Barry angle with, with this game because I know, hey, you look at it on the surface, you held the Chargers to 20 points, right? You held that offense that just the week prior was in a shootout with the Lions. Was it 41-38? And some will say, that's a great game for, for Joe Barry. Others will say, they got a little lucky too. Fumble, drop balls. But they still played better than I thought they were going to. Your thoughts. Who are, Who's been some players that have really kind of stood out to you? My player, I think I, I probably would pick Dontavian Wicks. If I had to pick just one, it probably probably would be Dontavian Wicks. I really like Jaden Reed at the beginning of the season. Dontavian Wicks, I think, kind of got I was like, oh yeah, that that fifth round pick was a little bit banged up in in training camp and preseason. Maybe kind of got lost a little bit in the shuffle. You know, focused on Dobbs, you focused on Watson. You got Jaden Reed, this exciting rookie. You got the rookie tight ends. And then it's like, oh, yeah, that guy from Virginia. So to me, if I had to pick one, just one, Dontavian Wicks. Will he continue to get better throughout the years and and be a top receiver? Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. But for me, he's kind of been one of those guys. I'm like, oh, okay. Toys and Ford is your go-to destination for quality vehicles and exceptional service. At Toys and Ford, they have a vast selection of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs to fit your lifestyle and budget. Their dedicated team is there to make your car buying experience a breeze. They offer financing options that suit your needs and a service center that keeps your vehicle running smoothly. Come on down to Toys and Ford and test drive your dream car today. They're located at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard in Chippewa Falls. Toys and Ford, where your road to excellence begins. Are you ready to make your shopping experience truly exceptional? At Hy-Vee, they're more than just a grocery store. They're your one-stop shop for quality, variety, and incredible savings. Explore their fresh produce, premium meats, and a wide range of delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Plus, don't miss their bakery where sweet treats and fresh bread are baked daily. That's not all. Hy-Vee offers convenient online shopping and curbside pickup to make your life easier. Come see why their local customers love Hy-Vee. Visit them today at 2424 East Claremont Avenue in Claire. 
talk a little Packers and and Lions coming up here uh, tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day, and a game that will kick off here. Again, if you look at the injury reports, it was uh, well, almost like a 3-1, to 4-1, to one and, or something like Green Bay's got a I don't know, uh, double-digit players on there. And uh, Detroit's got four listed on there, but three of the four are listed as full participants. So, yeah, uh, Green Bay not that healthy uh, going into going into this game. So, uh, I can tell you right now I'm not picking Green Bay to win. Um, I definitely hope I'm wrong in, in this instance. But uh, so if if you are one of those two that also believes that yeah Green Bay is not going to win this or you're not you're not feeling a Green Bay win, so let me ask you then what would have to be the game plan? What what would be the game plan uh, for Green Bay to come away with uh, with a W? What would they have to do? And and keep the smart aleck, uh, you know, responses, you know, just just keep it to yourself. It's like, will they score more points? No, duh. All right. But what's the game plan? What would they have to do, in your opinion, to go into Detroit and get that W? Uh, for for me, I think one of the main things that uh, that Green Bay is going to have to do, and again, I know we keep saying it, and we, we've said it before that you could probably say it almost every single week when you get into you know game plans and such. Protect Jordan Love. That offensive line needs to do a fantastic job at protecting Jordan Love, keeping him upright. We mentioned it, uh, you know, first game, he had five sacks. Jordan Love was sacked five times. And you look at what, uh, you know, what Detroit, with that up front, with that defensive front, they can get after him. This is a very, very much improved defense from. Uh, I would say at this point last year, remember that defense was struggling. Aaron Glenn, defensive coordinator over there, and what they fired there was it uh, their secondary coach or something like that last year. They've made some huge strides this year, and I think when you look at you know one of the main keys to, to victory here is to make sure that you're protecting Jordan Love. And when you look at it, that's 23 sacks, which is the same amount of as Green Bay here. But when I look at Green Bay's offensive line and the inconsistency that they've displayed so far this year, I, I still get a little nervous about that. I still get a little bit nervous about that. And, you know, not necessarily just, you know, for, for Jordan Love too, but can this offensive line somehow, some way, open up some holes in the running game. They stunk. I mean, the the running game stunk. It was non-existent in that first matchup in week four. wasn't there. 15 yards, five carries, 15 yards, 18 yards, whatever the heck it was. That was your leading rusher, Aaron Jones, on a pitch count, snap count. Can this offensive line somehow open up some holes and get that running game going? With no Aaron Jones in this game. With A.J. Dillon being the lead back. Patrick Taylor coming back to the ball club. I look at this as as a Matt LaFleur game. Let's show off your creative skills on the offensive side of things. You know, we kind of saw it a little bit with the Chargers. Jaden Reed 
right? Was was leading uh, was leading rusher there for a bit, getting him the ball, getting him the ball, and letting him make some moves, getting the ball into your playmaker's hands. This might be another game for for Jane Reed type of performance. But I look at this as like, okay, Maddie Fulafleur, you want to showcase or display your offensive game planning or your play calling skills. These are the types of games that we need to see it. When you don't have Aaron Jones, you've got an offensive line that has been up and down. You've got some younger receivers, but we're starting to see some growth. We're starting to see some consistency. Now your tight end's probably going to be gone, but your quarterback may be playing a little bit better here too. This is a game where I think a lot of the offensive pressure is on the play caller, and in this instance, the head coach, Matt LaFleur, too. What can he come up with? What kind of game plan can he put together to help his offense move the ball, come away with some tuds instead of just getting into a field goal game. So I'm looking at this as a big opportunity for Matt LaFleur. It's a big game for, for Matt LaFleur, too. But you can look at Jordan Love, too, and there's no doubt about it. With no Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones in this game, and obviously an easy pick is going to be, you know, A.J. Dillon's got to get going and, and be a focal part. Absolutely, right? I mean, that's an easy one. But if Green Bay is not having success running the football, that does put more on the shoulders of Jordan Love to make some plays. And he's got to, you know, he, he, those younger guys, those younger receivers need to step up and help him out too. And they need to go out there and make sure that they're giving him every chance to succeed out there. Can he come back after having a, a pretty solid day on Sunday? Can he start to stack that success? Can he start to consistently put together some darn good performances in a row? Not just, you know, a couple here in a row and then, you know, you got a few downers and then he comes back. We got to see it week in and week out. And this is going to be a tough task going up against his defense. But there is definitely more on the shoulders and on the arm of Jordan Love in this game. We went through it. If there is a weakness on this Detroit defense, you might you might just be able to expose them a little bit in the passing game. Because when you look at it, Detroit is about midway through. And, and again, these, again, don't necessarily look at stats and rankings and statistics and think they're the tell-all. They're just a part of this you know, equation here. But they give up, or I should say allow, 223 and a half yards through the air. And again, that the thing is, too, these numbers don't tell everything because they're skewed. They're an 8-2 and two team. A lot of teams probably playing a little catch-up, trying to get back in the game and such, right? So you got to factor that stuff into it. But I, this is... This is a, a potentially a huge moment, a huge game for, for Jordan Love in this instance. Can he lead his ball club to an improbable victory, shorthanded? 
And then you've got the the Packers defense going up against this offense. Can they rise to the challenge of slowing down this Lions offense? A Lions offense that is second in the league in terms of total yards per game. Only Miami is above them. No surprise. They are a top five team in passing and uh, a top uh, top five team in rushing yards on the ground. Top five, or no, top ten, just outside the top five in terms of points per game. Putting up 27.2 per game. Can this Packers defense and Joe Barry defensive coordinator slow down Ben Johnson in this group? I don't think it's that much of a bold prediction to say there's probably not a lot of Packers fans who have a lot of hope in that. Will Jair Alexander play in this game? We don't know. If I had to wager a guess, my gut says I think he does. I think he plays in this game just because of the fact that he practiced a couple times last week, didn't play in that game. You kind of wonder, it's like short week, making sure he's ready against uh, against Detroit, possibly. And let's face it, if Jair Alexander is out there, I mean, that's a, uh, that's a big boost. The corners, and, and I want to take away anything from Valentine and Valentine, they've been holding their own. Corey, I think, was one of the top five. Packers defenders ranked by Pro Football Focus in, in that last game. I don't want to take away anything from, from those guys. They've been holding their own over there. But when you're going up against St. Brown or even, you know, um, Jamison Williams, I know he hasn't been putting up a ton of yards here. In fact, he's only gotten 10 catches so far on 20 targets. But, you know, St. Brown, one of the better wide receivers in the league. You'd like Jair out there, right? Yeah, you'd, you'd kind of like him out there, for sure. But what should be the game? Do you want to see? Yeah. I think Green Bay's got to be aggressive going after Jared Goff. He has shown that he is can be a turnover machine. I mean, what, he threw three picks against Chicago last week. Detroit come from behind victory, got that W. I think if 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 it were me, and again, you you might be exposing it for for some potential big plays. But if it's me, I I am trying to one confuse the heck out of Jared Goff. You're really trying to confuse him with some pre looks. Maybe you know you're lined up defensively. You're indicating something, but once that ball is snapped. It's something different. You're confusing him. Also, being aggressive, getting after him. These pass rushers of Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, uh, the line with, with Kenny Clark, they have got to collapse that pocket. They have got to collapse that pocket, and they have got to get after him. Because if you can get after him and you can rattle him a little bit and you can get him to maybe see some ghosts and such, you have a chance. You have a chance to really, you know, maybe kind of slow down that that offense or limit them 
might be the best way to put it. But they got to get after Goff. But the big thing here, too, is can they stop the run? That, to me, is a big question mark in this game. I have no idea if Green Bay can go in there and stop the run. They have been so inconsistent with this thing. I have no idea. No idea. They couldn't in week four against Detroit. And if I'm Detroit right now, I'm going in there with the mindset of like, stop stop us on the ground. Stop us on the ground. Prove that you can stop us. I, I, I really... I. I've got no good indication. I've got no kind of idea if they can go in there and do it because Green Bay has been so all over the board in, in stopping the run. And when you kind of look at it, it's like, oh, maybe quality of opponents and, 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 that, and that sort of thing. Steelers, they couldn't stop the run. They, they couldn't. Uh, when you looked at the, the Chargers, hey, they did a decent job of stopping Austin Eckler, but Austin Eckler... What, he rushed for 100 yards only once, and that was in week one? Justin Herbert was their leading rusher. They, they couldn't stop the quarterback. Eight carries for, for 73 yards in, in that game. But they did hold Eckler to 64 yards. But, again, that the average, he only ran the ball 10 times. I mean, a 6.4 average, that's pretty darn good. So we didn't really get a great gauge against the Chargers one. So I don't know if Green Bay can go in there and slow down that that running attack for, from Detroit. And if I'm Johnson, the offensive coordinator, I'm like, let's run the ball until they can prove that they can consistently stop this thing. Run it, run it, run it. Jared Goff, one of the better play-action quarterbacks in the league. That's where he's successful. So if Detroit can get that running game going and they're having success with it, Watch out for the play-action game from Detroit. Watch out for St. Brown going over the middle. Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end. You know, those guys. Reynolds is having a nice season for, for Detroit, too. They have got to stop that run. It starts up front for both sides of this thing. Green Bay, offensive line, has to be better. Has to perform at a high level. Has to be really good. You've got Detroit. Their offensive line, they've been, they're one of the better units, if not the best for some people in the entire league. Can Green Bay dominate up front? Can that defensive line, can that front four, front seven, collapse a pocket, collapse the gaps, slow down that running game? It is a tough task. But I'll tell you what. I've got a bold prediction here. I've got a bold prediction. No, I'm not picking Green Bay to to win this game. But I honestly feel like if Green Bay wins either tomorrow or Sunday, the following Sunday against Kansas City, if they win one of those games, my bold prediction is I think Green Bay does get to the postseason. I know, it's 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 nuts, it's crazy, crazy talk and all that. But I think if they steal one of these games, and right now I'll tell you, I don't think they steal one of these two games. But if somehow they surprise us and and, and beat Detroit or or beat Kansas City, I think they can go to the Giants and win. 
I think they can beat Tampa Bay at home. I think they can go to Carolina and win. That Minnesota game makes me nervous, though. I will admit that. And then a potential game at Lambeau, or it's not a potential game, but a game at Lambeau Field to wrap it up against the, Bear, against the Bears with the potential of maybe going to the postseason. My bold prediction, I think if they win one of these next two against Detroit or Kansas City, I think they get in. But the biggest one is tomorrow. If you had to pick between which one is more important, it's tomorrow. Not just because it's a it's a division one, it's conference. Because if you look at the tie-breaking scenarios right now, that's why Green Bay is the one is the first team out. When you look at the seedings right now, Green Bay is the eighth seed in the NFC. They win the tiebreaker over Atlanta and the Rams based on best win percentage in conference games. Because you have Green Bay, LA, Atlanta, Tampa Bay all tied up at four and six right now. Green Bay has that that edge because of the conference uh, win percentage. So that's why tomorrow's game, if you had to pick which one to really hope for for Green Bay to win, if you you know we're we're, we're hoping Green Bay gets the postseason, maybe gets a spot in there. If you want, if if there's one that's a little bit more important, it's tomorrow's game because of the conference records, because of conference points. But that's my bold prediction. I think if they get it done. If they win one of these, I think they squeeze in. And I know some fans aren't going to want that. They they, they ain't going to want that. They are uh, going to want a better draft position. You know, right? They're, they're going to want a top 10 pick. It is what it is at this point. I'm still of the mindset right now. I just want to see this team continue to get better. I want these young guys continue to grow. I want them to continue to... Uh, stack success, get better week in and week out. And if that leads to this team somehow getting a postseason spot, cool, thumbs up. If they fall a little bit short, but you can tell there's something to build upon for, for next year or you're, you're feeling a little bit good, okay, cool. If they absolutely tank in these final seven games and it looks bad, oh boy. Then what? Hopefully we don't have to get to that point yet. Does anybody, on a scale of 1 to 10, have any confidence, though, they could go into Detroit tomorrow and pick up that W? My scale of 1 to 10, I'm, I'm, I'm at about a 4, 3, 4. I just, I look at the, it, to me, it's going to start up front for both these sides, and I think that offensive line play from Detroit is going to be the difference maker in this thing. And even Detroit's front taking advantage of the Packers' offensive line there a little bit. I think that's going to be the difference in this. Green Bay's got to get some turnovers. But not only get some turnovers, they got to capitalize on those turnovers, right? I mean, they they got to capitalize on that. You get a turnover, you better get a touchdown. And get off the field on third downs. All right, that's going to do it for us on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-Vee and Toyson Ford. Dan here again. Big thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, be a friend, be a pal. Give it a five-star. Give us a five-star rating and a review so others can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan, and I will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.